IFAF, Idaho Falls Weekly Informal Infotainment, with Mike Nelson and Carly Morgan. Welcome to IFAF, Idaho Falls and famous people. <laughs> Apparently, you might be more likely to see them here than in L.A. And a brand new movie that launched on the 4th of July that everybody's talking about that isn't Dial of Destiny. Or Barbie, which is a shame. <laughs> and we'll talk about our great American road trip from Idaho Falls to Anaheim and then L.A. Um, and what every Idahoan needs to know if they're going to go to Universal and Disneyland. And some of the differences between the two, too. Mm-hmm. What's up with all of the celebrity sightings in Idaho Falls in the last couple weeks? Right. I mean, I feel like I've always known that a lot of celebrities live near here, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like I've seen that many. Like, I think Bruce Willis was the only one that I was really conscious of being here too often. And Bruce is is Sun Valley, Haley, Ketchum. Harrison Ford is here a bit. I know. Uh, He was at, um, what's the sandwich shop or the burger shop downtown? Snakebite. Oh. They posted a picture of him some Funny. random Sunday morning at 10 a.m. <laughs> and he's just sitting outside, you know, yeah, having a beer, whatever he was doing. I love that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we saw Jimmy Fallon and Mike's music and then Henry Winkler, uh, the Fonz. Do you know the Fonz? Of course I know the okay. Fonz. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I wanted to be the Fonz so bad when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. So I guess um, Jimmy Kimmel bought South Fork Lodge in Swan Valley and had all his celeb friends there. Kristen Bell was there. Who I would love to meet. She seems like such a treat. I think she's this tall. Oh, yeah. She's tiny, from what I've heard. And, and well, <laughs> and judging from some of the celebrities I've met, they're always shorter than you think they are. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, but Kristen Bell, Jennifer Aniston, mm-hmm. and just a, a host of others that I can't recall. Tom Cruise. I know. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about was, short ones. What, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> my bad. <laughs> sorry, Tom. <laughs> Have you seen, like, <laughs> there's nothing I love more than smartasses on the internet <laughs> and meme makers. <laughs> but there's there's one like um, we got a wide shot of the new Mission Impossible film, and it was Tom Cruise on a on a soapbox <laughs> on an Apple box, whatever they call him on that's set. That's funny. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. But okay, speaking of Tom Cruise, he's gonna live forever, isn't he? He's he gonna, might. He as, might be the first man to live, or like the first human being to live to two hundred years old, or something. As wild a ride as I think Scientology is, because I watched all those docs. Yeah. You know, a couple years ago, what was her name? That did those? Oh, gosh, I don't remember. I'm drawing a blank now. Maybe we'll remember later. Mm-hmm. But everything I know about Scientology that's just so wacky and, and and kind of based on, you know, belief in aliens and spending a lot of money to mm-hmm. keep going up to different, I don't know, theta levels or whatever. Yeah. As much as I kind of secretly judge him for that, not so secretly anymore. Sure. But I just, I just have to give the man his props. You know, the one thing I don't like about him, though, is that he does his own stunts. And I know that so many people are going to disagree with that. But here's the thing. If he gets hurt or, I mean, worst case scenario, if he dies, uh, he's just put all these people out of a job. Well, right. You know? Right. And I wonder what the insurance on him. Do you remember? There was one. It was either the last Mission Impossible. I haven't seen the new one. I'm dying uh-huh. to. Uh-huh. We've seen Super Mario, and we'll go over that later. Yeah. Um, but we've seen... Um, Oh, we haven't seen Sound of Freedom. That's another one I want to bring up later. Yeah. Uh, and we I haven't seen Mission Impossible. Saw Indie, though. Dial of Destiny. If you've been thinking, yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing another cash grab because if you mm-hmm. were so embittered by the Crystal Skull. Right. Well, and all, all of the sequels in general, too. 
I, well, I mean, I think Temple of Doom is one of the greatest movies oh, ever I don't made. Mean, sorry, I don't mean all of the Indiana Jones sequels. Okay. I just mean all of the sequels that are coming out of everything lately. Yeah, do I have to see Fast and Furious 10? or <sighs> 11, What are we up to now? 13? Right, I don't... or the new Transformers. Yeah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, I'm just, you know nah, what? Nah, fam. Uh, right now at the Motor View, the two movies that are there are both sequels. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I know Hollywood. And now with the writer's strike, and I think SAG AFTRA right. struck today or yesterday. Uh, I think it was like two or three days ago. Because what, uh, yeah. I, th I think what um, Hollywood wants to do is for extras, they mm -hmm. want to use them, you know, say, picture a guy walking in front of a green screen, you know, as part of a crowd. Okay, here's a brunette, 40 year old male. Oh and my gosh. And they're just going to like they keep wanna... files of them and just use them over and over. You got it. So they want to. I mean, I guess I get it, but geez. They want to pay a flat fee to any actor who will do it for a hundred, a thousand. I don't know what the going rate is. Jeez. To just stand there, and then mm -hmm. they'll just digitally insert the extras in the background from now on. That's yeah. what Hollywood wants to do. SAG-AFTRA is saying, nah. Yeah. We don't want to do that. Well, and realistically too, I can't imagine they're saving all that much extra money just because then you have to have all of these. You know, CGI animators putting all these people in. Well, and I think what... And I feel like they would be more expensive. I think the long con in Hollywood's mind, and huh. I guess when I say Hollywood, I mean the studios, Yeah, uh, is, look, it might cost a little more money up front, mm -hmm. but we're going to be paying these guys... You know, we're going to be paying an extra for two weeks or six weeks, whatever the sh however long the shoot is, right. or that particular scene is, or we could just pay them for one day, mm -hmm. and, then, and then what uh, the movie studios want to do is to use that actor or actress or stand-in or... Well, extra have, or whatever you want to call them. And I have to assume that they would do full groups of people, too. I would imagine. why wouldn't you? Sure, why wouldn't you? That seems like it would save even more time. But they want to use these people in perpetuity without yeah. their further consent or compensation. Yeah. Yeah, that's not cool. Well, and think <laughs> about it. Like, you could get a guy in front of a green screen wearing a basic black shirt or something. Mm -hmm. And then I'm sure they could dress him after that point. If it's a period piece taking place in Rome... I wonder, will there be, uh, will there be, uh, an not an AI, uh, but will there be a digitally inserted extra that Hollywood just seems to love that they use, like they use the Wilhelm scream? Right. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking of that. That's funny. <sighs> yeah, or that one cat hiss sound effect that's in everything. That's, oh, is it? Meow. Yeah. Right. That one. Meow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, first off, I guarantee there would be. Yeah. You know. But also, I love that you bring up digitally putting on the clothes, too. Because first off, I hadn't thought of that. I, w I was just like, oh, yeah, they'll do them in a bunch of different outfits and cycle them through that day, yada, yada. Uh, but you're right. Like, why wouldn't they just put them in green screen clothes and then digitally put on the clothes? Yeah. And did you know you can actually buy digital clothes right now for yourself? What? Yes. It's wild. So basically. Not in a video game? Not in a video game. You're talking IRL in real life? Kind of. Okay. So basically the concept of it is you go online, you find an outfit that you like, and then you um, pay for the rights to to have them put it on you in a photo. And then that way you can like post it on Insta or something and get clout for wearing like Balenciaga and stuff like that. Oh my God. You know, you or know, like Gucci stuff. They kind of, they do that with homes now. Right. And, uh, you know, it, both of us are in real estate, so mm -hmm. uh, you've seen digital staging or virtual staging right right where they they'll take a picture of a living room mm -hmm. let's say the house is vacant but then they'll insert a couch in there and and i don't know what to think mm -hmm. about that it's a real picture of the room but it's adorned to the point mm -hmm. 
where you're not going to recognize it when you actually see the room in person. So mm-hmm. is that lying? You or know, is that just selling the sizzle, not the steak? I think it depends. Um, it's different if they're using scale furniture versus if they're like making it intentionally look smaller or bigger, depending on the room to make oh, it good look point. a certain way. Well, then, um, don't I, get me started yeah. on agents who use fisheye lenses to make the right. yard look bigger and mm-hmm. wide angles to make the bathroom look bigger. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not, I don't know how I feel about that. Right. Yeah. That's the big thing. Cause there've been a lot of times when I've seen a house online and then I'll see it in person and I'm like, oh, this room is not the size I thought it would be at all. Same. Like this is way smaller than it looks in the picture. And it's not even necessarily with a fisheye lens. Sometimes it's just because it's an empty room. And I get it. People shop online. They want to shop online mm-hmm. and, ch- and know as much about it as possible before they say, I want to see that one and maybe buy it. Yeah. Um, I have the solution. What? Banana for scale. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The Reddit imager banana for scale. Just from now on. Metric. Yeah. Every real estate photo should have a banana somewhere in it. A real banana it can't be photoshopped in, <laughs> yeah. okay? But a real banana in the photo somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then that way, people get a good idea of what, like, how big things are. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely I brilliant. think so. <laughs> <laughs> that solves that. Yeah. You know what? That could be my trademark. That's you, what I could do. There you go. I could be the banana for scale realtor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down in my idea book, honestly. Do it. <laughs> Do it. I think I, I think that a lot of us, um, you know, if if the process is think think something, say something, and do something, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us get lost in between thinking something and saying something. Right. And the part we lose is validation of our own thoughts. How many thoughts? You know, we have hundreds of thoughts a day, but how many times do we validate it? Honestly, this podcast is born out of that sort of thinking. Right. How many people say, I should do a podcast, and then how many people validate it? And say, I will do a podcast mm-hmm. and then actually do it. Right. You know? I mean, to be fair, we were those people who said, we should do a podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now we're the people that do the podcast. <laughs> right. The difference between thinking I should do a podcast and doing a podcast is just, is validation. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, you know, of course, some action and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So. Well, and sometimes money. Depends on how crazy you want to get. Realistically, uh, you could do a podcast on your phone, but yeah, we yeah, we yeah. could. I think I think we've got a little bit of a nicer setup. Yes, here. <laughs> yeah, we're profesh. <laughs> uh, I think we're semi-pro. Yeah. In fact, that's how. Well, I, that's why I didn't finish the, yeah. the word. <laughs> semi-profesh. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. we go. <laughs> there we go. I love that. Semi-profesh-ish. <laughs> Can we be that? I love that. All right. So, speaking of East Idaho, uh, which is what we do on this podcast. Um, a, a couple of things, just a couple of real quick things I want to mention. Um, first of all, JoLynn Thomas, brand new on KID. Very exciting. She's such a sweetheart, too. She's in your building. Yeah, you're... She is. You know, I actually, I'm kind of worried I might have accidentally offended her. Oh. Um, so on one of my radio segments, I was talking about the fact that in her studio, which is right next to mine, we have a shared window. You're on the Wolf, 96.1 and 1021. Yes. Um, but from my studio, sitting at the desk where I record all my stuff, um, I would I could look over into her studio, and in the corner opposite of me, there was a Trump cutout. Uh-huh. And that was fine during the day, because I could tell it was a cutout and it was no problem. But, you know, <laughs> being the resident werewolf that I am, and recording mainly at night after my day job... Um, there were lots of times when I'd be sitting in that studio and I'd like suddenly realize there was like a figure in the corner of the other room and I'd be like, oh, 
okay, it's just Trump. <laughs> you, you know about me and things that look like they could be. Yeah, that uncanny valley. Yes, living things. Mm-hmm. I can't have something, even if it's a cardboard cutout mm-hmm. or a realistic looking stuffed animal even. Yeah. I can't have something with two eyes looking in my direction because I'm always going, huh? Oh, right. even my mirror in the bathroom, the 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 um, magnifying mirror, the magnified one, I have to face away, so I don't see any movement in it. Right. You Which know? I was such an accidental jerk when we first started hanging out and stuff because I'd always tilt it to be diagonal because I was like, mm, yes, that looks that looks much better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you'd have to go in every time and get scared probably. Uh, and then change it. <laughs> it's it's not so much scared. Even worse that you're heading to the bathroom too. Like I'm putting you in a very vulnerable predicament. <laughs> right. Well, there was so I recently got divorced and um, sold my home, moved into into an apartment, and you know at that point you're hearing new sounds. You know, mm-hmm. you're hearing neighbors flush their toilets. Yeah. Because our plumbing is all connected. <laughs> Stuff you don't want to hear. Well, and you're really sensitive to sound too. Well, I just I I don't want to be up all night going, what's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? What's that? Right. You know? So I guess it's more paranoid than afraid. You know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you learn, you know, all the noises of a new place mm-hmm. and uh, the, 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 the floorboards creaking, you know, where to not step. And yeah, you learn all that. Okay. So very proud of my gal, JoLynn Thomas, who she was instrumental actually in um, helping Carol Dodge, the mother mm-hmm. of Angie Dodge. Find, you know, or, or uh, get justice for the man who was wrongfully accused, Christopher Tapp. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then and then ultimately, you know, they, they found the the real killer. Yes. It's a really interesting story. Remind it's me a, of the name of the case, though. It's a, it's a sad story. Uh, it's the murder of Angie Dodge. That's right. Sorry. That took place in 97 or 98. And it mm-hmm. just rocked this town. Yeah. It was just, oh, man. And, and then poor Christopher Tapp is in jail for 20 years. Yeah. For a crime he didn't commit. I see him on Facebook. I think he's doing well now. Which is good. But can you imagine the kind of mental and emotional trauma he was put through for two decades? Well, and you can't get that time back. You can't. There's no real way of writing that. Yeah. I mean, realistically, the only way that you could potentially write that is to give him so much money that he could do 20 years worth of living in whatever time he has left, you know? Right. Well, and I think he did get a settlement from the city of Idaho Falls. Which, yeah, he. I think he should have. I want to say, I'm speaking out of turn. I don't know. Fact mm-hmm. check me on that one. Yeah. All right. Let's also talk about another compelling personality here yeah. in Idaho Falls. Oh, I just realized. Sorry, really quick. I'm going to interject. Uh, I forgot to explain why I thought JoLynn was mad. Oh. Because I said oh. that on the radio. And then the next time I went in, the Trump cutout was gone. Oh. So I don't know if she heard it. And she was like, oh, no, I don't want Carly to be scared. Or like, oh, this girl's complaining about... Yeah, which, right. Knowing JoLynn, it was probably the first one. When she, <laughs> either that, or I did notice there's a chair there now, and I know that there's been some new faces some around. Uh-huh. So I don't know if maybe she just moved it for practical reasons, or maybe she didn't like being looked at. Um, but anyway, yeah, knowing her, she probably did it either without thinking about it or out of kindness because she did hear my bit and she was like, oh, that's sad. Like, <laughs> let's cut the kids some slack. <laughs> you know? Maybe, yeah, but probably both. Yeah. But yeah, she's a great gal and she's uh, highly intelligent, very well-spoken. I've caught a few mm-hmm. of her shows. And she's got and great just, outfits. And, and I want to say also congratulations to her predecessor on KID, Stephanie Lucas, who is now, uh, I believe, the assistant news director at Local News 8. Oh, wow, nice. So, yeah, and, and you know, having worked with JoLynn in the past and having hired Stephanie in the mid-90s uh-huh. on Z103... I'm just, I'm so proud to see, you know, everybody wants to see their friends do well. Yeah. And I'm yeah, so proud absolutely. of them. That's funny. So 
another compelling personality mm. in this town. You know who Ringo Starr is? Yeah, of course. Drummer yeah. for the Beatles. Okay. There's a Ringo Starr, finger quotes, here in town. And I remember hearing okay. about him in the 80s, <laughs> uh -huh. I guess. And I don't know if I actually ever had a Ringo sighting, but... At first, I thought it was one of the, when I learned the concept of urban legends. Yeah. That always happened to a friend of a friend. <laughs> right. So you can never verify or confirm. Uh-huh. You know, uh, I thought Ringo was an urban legend of Idaho Falls. You know, yeah, I remember those. When I was a kid, there was one called Chester the Molester at the mall. I don't know how real he was, but I think I saw him once. I think uh, it, he's a he's the flower guy, right? He would oh. walk around carrying flowers, or am I getting oh. the two conflated? I don't know. I don't remember ever hearing about him carrying flowers. I always just knew that he wore a white suit. Okay. And I don't know. I may be, yeah, I may be confusing the two, but there was a guy that wandered around the mall for a while carrying flowers. And I don't uh. know. So, so and, and do we know his name was Chester? And do we no. know? So, <laughs> so people just started calling him that. And well, it stuck. first off, I don't even know if the guy even existed or if he really was an urban legend that <laughs> someone guy. said, oh, yeah, you got to be careful at the mall because Chester the Molester's there, which first off, wow, things were so different in the early 20s. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. yeah. In the early 20s. Um, I mean, at that, at that, well, nowadays, know, it'd be a 2000s. slander lawsuit, a cease and desist. Right, and, right. And, uh, yeah. But I did see a guy at the mall once wearing a white suit, and I was like, oh, that must be him. Chester. <laughs> right. It's the boogeyman. Right. So, yeah. So, um, I guess this guy had a really cool van. He, here's what I know about him. His name isn't Ringo Starr. It's Farrell Haddon. And okay. I don't even know how to spell it. I don't know if it's Farrell's like the store or Farrell like... Well, the cat? Yeah. Or what? Yeah. <laughs> or Will. I think Will is spelled like the Farrell's like the store. Anyway. Or if it's an F.A. Anyway. Yeah. His name is Farrell Haddon. Um, real people know him. Mm -hmm. He was cited yesterday... We, we record our show on Sunday. Uh -huh. This is Sunday the 16th. He was sighted in Idaho Falls selling stuff from a storage unit, I guess, oh. including like a knife that somebody posted and said, hey, look what I got from Ringo Starr. Okay. Um, he used to drive around in a van, uh -huh. and, and I can't describe the van. I'm sorry. I've never seen it. But I guess before he was Ringo Starr, he was Zorro. But anyway, now okay. he's 85. Uh -huh. And and I mean, at least one person commented when I saw this. They were like, "Oh yeah, he's my uncle. I'm his brother's daughter." <laughs> okay. So I know he's a real person, unless this is yeah. just a mass conspiracy, <laughs> right? Okay, okay. <laughs> to drive the urban urban legend. But do they call him Ringo Starr because he looks like Ringo Starr? No, they call him Ringo Starr because he tells them that his name is Ringo Starr. I guess. And he was just telling people before that his name was Zorro. Well. Yeah, I, I think he, he went from imagining himself as Zorro to uh, identifying as Ringo Starr, the drummer from the Beatles. Okay. Now, back in the 80s, when you'd have to look at him and then go look at a record cover. Right. You know, because the Beatles broke up in 69. Uh -huh. So this is 20 years later. Mm -hmm. Back in the 80s, I bet some people believed him. Right, probably. You know? but, but also, what a, like, that would be such a bummer to see someone fall from being, you know, Beatles status to... Selling knives out of a van in Idaho Falls. In Idaho Falls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there, but I suppose back in the 80s, there was that plausible uh, deniability or suspension of disbelief or uh -huh. I'm sure he got away, but I don't know to what end. What You know, what's the benefit of presenting yourself as, yeah. you know, a guy from, I mean, I get it, the most famous rock band in the world uh -huh. and perhaps even still yeah. after all these years. 
you know what it, you know did he get a free cup of coffee somewhere or what <laughs> I know right yeah but but no I don't think anybody has anything bad to say about him uh-huh like Chester the <laughs> <laughs> I know I know it's, it's so it's so bad yeah they, they, you know they didn't call him Ringo the Fingo or whatever <laughs> or the, I don't know but they uh but yeah so every in fact people really had positive stuff to say about mm-hmm. him when the post appeared um on Facebook in one of the Idaho Falls pages everybody was like oh yeah that guy what a card funny yeah huh i kind of wonder if he's like um special needs or something yeah i don't know yeah because there are a couple of folks that walk around the mall who you know they have like caretakers with them and everything they're very evidently um special needs Mm -hmm. and you know they have some interesting character traits too there's one guy who carries his um care bears around he'll go into the shops and talk to the people and tell them all about them oh wild yeah Oh, did they just paint the the West Bank blue? Do you know you what mean, I mean by the West Bank? Uh, the Red Lion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, technically it's the Quality Inn, but I agree with you. Right. It ought to be the Quality Inn West Bank. Or the, yeah, mm-hmm. it should have been the Red Lion West Bank. Because right. everybody's still going to call it the West Bank. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like the Green Belt. Mm-hmm. Supposed to call it the Riverwalk. Everybody still call as yeah. much as the city. And, and you know, when I was uh, on local radio, I did my best to also perpetuate that term. Sure. No one Wait, did. How long have they been trying to call it the Riverwalk? Five years. Yeah, it's not going to catch on. Ten? Yeah. I, you know, because once they, yeah, once they expanded the green belt to, um, to the direct north of Pancarry, am I saying this right? You know, because it used to be just north of Broadway. That was the green yeah. belt. Mm-hmm. But then they sort of extended it yeah. to in between Broadway and Pancarry Bridges. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's when they changed the name to Riverwalk or maybe shortly thereafter. Gotcha. And I guess I get that. But also they could have gone with something just a little closer. You know, even the River Belt, I think, would be better. Yeah. And let's see. We have the Green Belt and Pocatello has the Green Way. The Green. Actually, Greenway sounds right. It's Yeah, it's something. Something like that. Whatever. However you want to bill it. it some things just get drilled so far into people's heads, like mm-hmm. the West Bank, like the Green Belt. Like the old Ernst building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though we haven't had an Ernst for 25 years. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the other day you called it. The Kmart building. Yeah, the, the old Kmart building. Which blew me away. Yeah. I Sometimes I, I really do wonder who's like older mentally. <laughs> I know who's older physically. <laughs> right, right. But like, like you just go way back. Yeah. You know, I... I don't know. That's just how I always knew it. Yeah. I think partially because that's what my parents actually called it, too. Okay. You know? So it just, you carried it down a generation. Yeah, basically. Right. So so two places that haven't been there in 20 some odd years. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and we're still calling it the Old Ernst Building. Yeah. Before we get to the Great American Road Trip <laughs> that we took, um, and, and don't worry, we're not going to show, this isn't going to be a vacation picture slideshow. No. <laughs> we're going to try to give you some relevant information that you can use for your family vacation, mm-hmm. if you've got one coming up. But uh, before we get to that, one thing that I've seen everybody, everybody? Yes, everybody talking mm-hmm. about is the movie The Sound of Freedom. Have you heard of this? I have. We actually, I think that you might have run to the bathroom at the time or something, but it did play during the trailers before the Indiana Jones movie. Oh, did it? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I can't recall that. Yeah, I don't know. It's got Jim Caviezel, who mm-hmm. you may know uh, from, he, well, he played Jesus in The Passion of the Christ. Mm-hmm. And they made this in 2018, so five years ago. But then it was a Fox film, but then Disney bought Fox, and then they shelved it, and then they sold the rights to it. Mm-hmm. And Angel Studios out of Provo, 
Those are the guys that do, mm-hmm. you've maybe seen the dry bar comedy in your Facebook reels or Facebook watch. Yeah. Yeah. And those tend to be really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, as I can handle way more edgier humor. And in fact, right. I would say even prefer it. Yeah. I'm, by the way, I'm halfway through Tom Segura's new Netflix mm-hmm. special. Amazing already. <laughs> He's just so good. So this uh-huh. is the, I think the third release uh, from Angel Films and they bought the rights and they're distributing it. And people are not only going crazy about it and saying this is the most important film of not just the year, but the decade mm-hmm. or, or your life or whatever. They're, they actually have a program where you can uh, pay it forward uh-huh. and uh, buy tickets for other people. And people are doing it. Yeah. I think if you go to angel.com slash freedom or something like pretty close, mm-hmm. just Google Angel Studios. But there's a well, page you where. you took a screenshot, you'll put it here, I'm sure. Oh, Thank you for reminding yeah. me. Here's the screenshot. Yeah. Uh, there's Jim Caviezel. So if you go to the website, you can uh, either buy tickets for yourself, buy tickets for other people, or if the price of the movie is preventing you from seeing the movie, you can uh, request free tickets. Mm-hmm. So how cool is that? I mean, so right. it's, it's about child trafficking, uh-huh. and uh, which is a subject – I mean – that we've got to talk about and got to bring out into the right. light and the open. And Absolutely. Got to stop. You know, he's, I think their goal for the opening weekend movie was two, two million, million mm-hmm. to represent the two million, two million children that are in the child trafficking system right now. Mm-hmm. And how do they even know that? How do you even quantify? To be fair, I think that? it's mainly an estimation, but also they've right. been collecting data on this for a long time now. So it wouldn't surprise me if they had a pretty accurate number of how many kids they thought were in it. Sure. Can I say something that might come across a little callous? Sure. I sort of wonder if this is going to turn out a little bit like how Coney 2012 did. You know, where people got really up in arms and really worked up over it. And then like within a year, it kind of died off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think, why everybody wants everybody else, everybody who has seen it wants everybody else to see it. Yeah. Is just to get that awareness out. Mm-hmm. And and by the way, we haven't seen it yet. So that's kind of our homework for this week. Yeah. Uh, I do want to. I want to read a couple of reviews. First of all, it's got seventy-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, based I mean, on not 30, terrible. Yeah, you know, average rating of six point seven out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, the website's critic consensus reads: "Sound of Freedom" is an effective and suspenseful call to action against human trafficking, yet not free of issues in its depiction of the sensitive subject matter. Like I've heard okay. people say, yeah. "Geez, I didn't want to watch that. I didn't want to see that. I didn't want to know about it." But I'm glad I did, you know, kind of yeah. one of one of those things where it's like hard to watch. Well, and that's something that you really have to handle very precisely and very sensitively. Sure. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if, you know, some of the scenes were a little bit, you know. Too much. Too much, yeah. But again, I, would I mean, it be as effective well, and that's the a thing. movie? I, I don't mean too much, but maybe, um, maybe not as accurately portrayed as they could do. I don't know. Variety says, let's assume that, like me, you're not a right-wing fundamentalist conspiracy theorist looking for a dark faith-based suspense film to see over the holiday (laughs) weekend. Even then, you needn't hold extreme beliefs to experience Sound of Freedom. Okay, Saying that uh, it's almost as as if you're listening to Tim Ballard tell his story Mm -hmm. of rescuing children. Yeah, because I will say that the way that they've edited the trailer, at least, did kind of give me, you know, very right-wing superhero vibes. Right. You know? and then, okay, so listen, so we're going to be, you know, yeah, conspiracy we're not fe- Fox News, we're not news, period. Yeah. And I don't know if we're ever going to be fair and balanced, but I'll, let me read you the Rolling Stone review mm-hmm. from Miles Klee, 
Sound of Freedom is a stomach-turning experience, fetishizing the torture of its child victims and lingering over lush preludes to their abuse. See, that's what I'm kind of worried about, though. Yeah, but facts. Mm -hmm. You know that's all I ever care about. Of course. Is what's true and what's real. Yeah. Now, and and, and I will say, to to balance that, uh, I have heard that it's, you know, uh, the ad, the trailer for the movie says it's based on this story of this guy, Tim Ballard. Yeah. Um, A couple of other reviews I've read is it's loosely, it's very loosely based. And it's in Hollywood. Of course, it's at least somewhat loose. Right. But I'm, question mark? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, that did, sounds bad. Sorry. Did you just? No, but <laughs> unintentional. But yeah. well, and, and it's like if I were a filmmaker, it's like okay, well, you know, we want to a story's got to have drama. It's got to mm-hmm. have question marks. It's got to have. It's got to be compelling. Conflict. It's got to be compelling. Exactly. Well, and realistically, would an, a very accurate document documentary about this make as much of an impact as this does? Right. And it's, I would say it depends on what group people people you're looking at. Exactly. Um, but yeah, for when the things average are sensationalized, they make an impact. Right. Yeah, and I think for the average moviegoer, they did the exact right thing by sensationalizing it. If that's like, if their end goal was to have people know about it, maybe not as accurately as possible, but just know about it and be aware of it. Yeah. I think they did the right thing. I think that's the right move. Well, and in this day and age, when there's so much noise, is it the loudest noise that wins? I mean, just like you know, right. we're th- we're throwing this podcast up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of YouTubers who title their stuff like, not clickbait, I was arrested for buying a chocolate bar at Target. Right. And just stupid, unbelievable stuff. That, mm-hmm. you know, but, but it's sensationalized enough where you kind of go, click. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then feel disgusted with yourself. That's, so, I, yeah, I don't know. What do we do with our titles? Do we, <laughs> do we sensationalize them and hope that um, that's an effective technique? Or do we just be real and raw and honest? And hope that people will get it eventually. I don't know. I mean, I personally value honesty and authenticity. So I feel like we're going to end up, you know, something a little sensational, but not crazy. Right. You know? Yeah. Not 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 something that you discover in the thing is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to show you the, the backstage at Disneyland. Right. And it's like a guy holding a camera and the with the, another guy comes along with the trash cart, opens the gate and goes in. Right. And that's the video. You know? Exactly. I just... All right, so I think we've covered that. Sound, anyway, Sound of Freedom, making a big splash, open July 4th, mm-hmm. and, and and I want to see it. I e- do, too. Even though, even though I hear it's not very comfortable to watch, mm-hmm. I want to see Well, you know me. I'll watch anything that is, I don't know, controversial and, and, and mm-hmm. want to make up my own mind. Right, absolutely. And, you know, I actually do want to see it, too. And I even remember watching the trailer and being like, I think I want to see that. You know, which I... I don't really go for action movies, so that wasn't, you know, it wasn't the action part of it that got me. It was like, I want to see how they handle this subject matter mainly. And also, yeah, I agree that it's something that we don't address enough as a society. And I think there was a really, um, I don't know, just apathetic wave in society for for a minute there where people were like, oh, yeah, I don't care about other people's kids. Like, it's all about me. That's it. Do you think that was during COVID when everybody was? panicking for their lives i think it was mainly right after covid when people were just so over everything you know that's also when you saw a lot of like retail customers just become crazy monster karens (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like i think people all went a little nuts and started to be a little less empathetic and caring maybe it's because you weren't face to face face to face with with people for like a year 
And so you kind of forgot that like other people were human beings and deserved love and respect yeah. too. <laughs> Maybe you lost some of your social skills. Yeah, some of your humanity even. <laughs> well, they're talking about all the, you know, um, long-term effects of COVID. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that that could be one of them. It could be. <laughs> Losing your taste or smell permanently. <laughs> right. Mental and emotional side effects as well, like not being able to go out in public much anymore right. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of people who became a lot more agoraphobic after that because they realized how... There's a $10 word. Yeah. Well, and they realized how much is potentially out there, you know, whether it's just dealing with these new monster Karens that have mutated and, you know, rejoined society, um, but also just like all of a sudden you're very aware of viruses and germs and you feel maybe more vulnerable than you have before. Right. Yeah. I certainly, I thought I washed my hands plenty before COVID. <laughs> I, <laughs> don't you roll your eyes at me. Don't you look at me in that tone of voice. Uh, but I, I certainly wash my hands more now. Good. Which is good. And honestly, people don't wash their hands enough anyway. So right. even if you think you wash your hands enough, you don't wash them more. Always. At least 20 seconds with warm water mm -hmm. and soap. And get under your fingernails. And I even, oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I love to do the little eat. Oh yeah. Eat, eat, eat. <laughs> I sometimes stuff. even just do that. For fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm walking down the street. Yeah. For, for fun. <laughs> I, I do. I, uh, I pick my nails recreationally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, same. I'll, I'll sometimes, you know, hike up to the top of a mountain and do it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'll do it while swimming. You get the, all the chlorine under there, really get yeah, clean from that. Yeah, that's how I do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> while I'm biking. <laughs> anyway, back to the movie, though. Back to the movie. We've um, covered that, haven't we? Well, I was just finishing a thought. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but what I was saying is um, we as a society were kind of um, apathetic toward other people's children. We're kind of like, whatever, that's their problem. I'm not going to do anything. But I think that it's really important for people to be aware and to go out of their way to protect kids, For even sure. if they're not theirs. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And I feel that way about kids and animals. Right. You know, I mean, living beings that can't help themselves as yep. much as you could help them, as much as I could help them. Right. But like, there was that one day I went home from work a little early and there was that kid who was maybe like five years old sitting outside, outside of his house. <laughs> oh, and I was yeah. like, hey, buddy, what's going on? And mind you, other people passed by too. The neighbor right next door to me came out and saw him there and didn't do anything either. But, you know, wow. I was kind of like, okay, there's this kid who's, like, clearly very young. He's waiting for someone. I can't believe he's waiting alone. Um, alone, and, outside of his home. Right. Yeah. Right. And I ended up just saying to him, because I didn't want to look like a creep hanging around someone's kid. Um, but I just said, hey, buddy, if you need anything, knock on my door and I'll help you. And like 20 minutes later, he did. And I was surprised he was still out there by then, too. And what had happened? Like, his parents... So basically, got their what happened, wires crossed and didn't no, pick him so up. No, so his daycare forgot to, to pick him up. Oh, geez. So even worse, his mom went to pick oh, him up no. from daycare, and that's when she realized he wasn't there, and that's when they sped home. Oh my. Yeah, but he knocked on my door. He asked for a grilled I, I, cheese, and I took it out, <laughs> and I just sat with him until mom and dad got back. That's literally your favorite food. I love grilled cheese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I was honestly, I was gonna make one for me anyway. So I was like, "You want a grilled cheese, kid?" And he's like, "Yeah, that sounds good." Awesome. <laughs> yeah. But I even wrote a note to his mom, like, hey, just so you know, this is what I fed your child, just so he's like, and I was like, Hope are you sure? Hope he isn't lactose intolerant. <laughs> well, and I, I did ask him, you know, and, and he's little, so I can't, I, I wouldn't blame him if he was wrong, but right. I was like, hey, buddy, are you sure that there are no foods that you can't eat or that you're allergic to? And he's like, no, it's okay. Like, not peanut butter or, or milk or anything. Nope, I can eat all that. Okay, buddy, I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the difference between me and you. I, I, hmm. I probably would have said, uh, you know, hey, buddy, are you okay? Mm -hmm. You know? But if he came to my door, 
I would have fed him candy. I would have got him all wired. <laughs> you want a Red Bull? You ever had a Red Bull, kid? <laughs> That's hilarious, and I love that. <laughs> and I think I have a couple of toys. I think I could entertain a five-year-old kid for... I don't know, 30 minutes? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Realistic. I mean, you've got a TV, so you're set. Got a TV. <laughs> yeah. But don't I have some gadgets around here? I mean, oh, you've got your Oculus. I'd stick my Oculus on him. There you go. <laughs> there yeah. You go. Oh, he'd love that. He'd probably break something, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd have to explain to him, this yeah. is your area. Don't go past it. <laughs> right. But the reason I explained this whole story, though, is I feel like there, I feel like more people need to take that active initiative and basically, you know, go up and check on things rather than just letting things pass by. Um, so one of my favorite genres to listen to is true crime. Yeah, uh, yeah. And for some reason, I'm very drawn to cases about children, um, whether it's because of abuse, neglect, uh, kidnapping, that kind of stuff. Those ones sort of, I don't know, they, they hit. interest me. They, they hit a certain way. Yeah. Um, and there are so many times when had someone been more proactive and either gone up to the kid and said, hey, buddy, are you okay? Is this your dad? Or something like that, um, it would have prevented so much from happening. You know, whether it was death, kidnap, neglect. You know, that that's what I would have done. Now that I think about it, I would have. Hey, buddy, you okay? I would have. I would have gone in, poured mm -hmm. a couple of nice sodas, you know, and come out and just sat with sat with him. Me mm -hmm. in my yard, him in his yard, both of us with a cool beverage. Right. You know. Right. Yeah, well, I and I will say, I at least have the benefit of being a woman. So I don't look right. like it, it's a lot harder for you to look at me and say, oh, she's a creep who's creeping on my son. Right. You know, and they, I mean, especially when in your lifetime, people have called other people Chester the molester just because of the yeah. way they look. Yes, like, exactly. Not to go back to exactly. the beginning of the show, but yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Um, I think we've kind of covered all the Idaho yeah. Falls centric topics. Uh, we want to talk about we took the great American road trip uh -huh. and we want to tell you all about it in hopes that you can. Glean little pieces of, you know, life hacks, pro tips, whatever, what we did right, what we wish we had done, that uh -huh. kind of thing. So I just want to start this by saying I have never done a road trip like that before. Really? So I've driven from here to California to Los Angeles, but every time I do a road trip, it's not a road trip. It is us driving to get to the destination as quickly and efficiently as possible. And I'm usually that way. Right. But for whatever reason, we plan two days to travel down and two days to travel up. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you Google Maps it, I believe it's six hours from Idaho Falls to Cedar City. Uh -huh. Then it's six hours and 26 minutes from Cedar City to Anaheim. So really, Cedar City is smack dab in the middle. Right. Which, to be fair, depends on traffic. Depends on traffic. But distance-wise, it's in the middle. Yeah. And, and almost always, I would stop, if, if I put it into two days, I'd stop in Vegas, of course. Of course. To go gamble. Yeah. And see M&M World or Coca-Cola World mm. or whatever, you know, whatever new Cirque show there is. Right. L.A. is oftentimes depicted as the city of the future. Oh, oh no. no. It's definitely Vegas. It's Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we stopped in Cedar City. And what I didn't realize is I, I knew the Utah Shakespeare Festival was somewhere in south central Utah. Right. Yeah, I didn't I, realize. I definitely heard of it. Yeah. You know. And I thought it was like a couple weekends in a row. Yeah. Oh, no. It's like June through October or something. Right. Well, and I thought it was like local theater-y, you know, just like a bunch of amateurs and stuff. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah, but it was much nicer and much cooler 
than I expected. And we have the choice between Romeo and Juliet, which was in the recreation of Shakespeare's original theater, the Globe, the Globe. or whatever, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is cool because we got to glance in and yeah. see it. Or the play that goes wrong, uh-huh. which was the indoor play. Can I really quickly touch on the glancing in part? Yeah. So only in Utah are people so nice <laughs> that when two dummies go past barricades that literally say, well, basically indicate, don't go over here. It's roped off, you know. But when two dummies clearly just go through that anyway because they just want to. Uh, in my defense, I didn't you, see it. <laughs> definitely. And they come up to you. You're still just super nice and you say, Hey, you want to see what's going on? <laughs> yeah, he was. So we were peeking in, and the, and the thing is, like, there was no one else around. Yeah, one like not security guard, but usher. almost like usher, mm-hmm. exactly. And he was like, "You you want to go in and take a look? You want to yeah. go in and just sit down on the back row?" And we're like, "No, we we just wanted to see what it was about. Thank you." But yeah, he, he was, was super so nice, nice about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he even gave us like some fun little facts about it, and he kind of explained like the campus and uh, what was going on. And I was like, "Oh, okay, that actually clarifies a lot. Cool." So. On the way down and on the way back up, we did some stuff like Utah Shakespeare Festival. Mm-hmm. We visited the world's largest dispensary in Las Vegas, Planet 13. Yeah, I was hoping you'd bring that up. I almost <laughs> wanted to say something when you were naming the other stuff, too. <laughs> well, and, and what's funny is that's my least liked post on Facebook for my vacation. <laughs> it's like, I was like, did I offend somebody? But I just think it's hilarious that you can uh-huh. go and buy what is still illegal in some states in chocolate form, in right. soda form, in vegetable seasoning form, in yeah. just the weirdest, of course, vape. Man, and, and you can even buy the actual, like, plant, too. Yeah. Like, the actual smokable part of the plant. Yeah. You know? And that seems even more illegal because it's, like, <laughs> right. so raw. You know? It's like <laughs> buying raw milk, but raw, raw weed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Everything else has been processed and given, like packaging and stuff. Raw but then weed there's seems like, the dirtiest. Yeah, but then there's like real straight up weed there, you know? <laughs> and 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 when we got out of the car, like oh. I don't know if the person next to us was, but it, I was hit in the face with not only 110 degree heat. Oh, yeah. But also the smell of weed. Uh-huh. <laughs> and let's just say, how do you know what weed smells like? I had a couple of uncles growing up when I was a kid. <laughs> let's just say that. I spent well, summers at my grandparents' And my grandpa smoked. I knew what cigarette smoke smelled like. Mm -hmm. But whenever my uncles were around, it was a different kind (laughs) of smoke smell. Yeah, it sure did. Interesting. (laughs) So we got out of the car, Uh uh, blasted in the face with the smell and the heat, walked in. It's kind of like a small mall. They have a restaurant there. I think they have a bar there. They have have a robot making the weed in a lab or whatever. But what I think is so amazing is... It's kind of like the Poppy and Pout factory. Right. Yeah. Instead of lip gloss. Yeah, but you can like actually look in the windows and watch the robot like package things and stuff. When they legalize it here, and I, I think it's just, go- I mean, event right, eventually it's just going to be, the Supreme Court's going to go, fine, there's 26 states that have legalized it, let's just yeah. federally regulate it. I think eventually. Uh, that's what I think. But well, yeah. and plus, I mean, all the benefits with the taxes and stuff, like why wouldn't they at that point? Well, and I do... I don't want to get political or or even chemical right now, but I do think one of the greatest lies perpetuated on the American public is that weed is more bad for you than alcohol. Right. I think I think it's backwards. Just from everything I've read, mm-hmm. the friends that I've talked to. Yeah. It, so, it all depends on how you use it in moderation, et cetera, et cetera, you know. Right. Well, but, yeah, and I think that goes yeah. for anything. I heard a great quote the other day, and I don't know who – I don't know if it was Lao Tse or, or whoever, but mm-hmm. – um, he was asked, what is poison? 
And he answered, poison is anything above which what you need. Okay. And that can be, you know, money. That can mm-hmm. be food. That can, of course, yeah, be alcohol, cannabis, whatever. But it's well, and I mean, you definitely don't need arsenic, so you, don't. you know, having any <laughs> is above what you need. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's actually a great way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so, so I definitely think that um, it's you know whether we like it or not, it's mm-hmm. coming to Idaho in the next ten years. Yeah. And I think that's conservative. I'm what I do. What I really think five. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. I mean. Maybe eight. But I do think that Idaho and Utah will probably be the last holdouts. They tend to be. Yeah, they definitely yeah, try to Yeah, they try to stick to the way that they're doing things for as long as possible. So here's what I know about weed. Yeah. There's two strains. There's um, uh, sativa, mm-hmm. and, the, and then there's indica. Yeah. And the reason I'm putting them here on a timeline is sativa is apparently the party up mm-hmm. strain. Like, you know, you don't get too dopey or whatever. Yeah, at least that's what... The little, you know, the chart that we saw. That, yeah, the placards that they have are very helpful for understanding for understanding them. And then on the low end, there's indica, uh-huh. and that's like the indo that Snoop Dogg was smoking while drinking gin and juice while rolling down the street. Jeez, can you believe? Even in the '90s, we were talking about getting crossfaded and driving. Right. right. How irresponsible, Snoop Dogg. <laughs> and speaking of Snoop Dogg, children. Walking into this store, I just was clutching my pearls. <laughs> I felt like Martha Stewart walking into Snoop Dogg's crib. <laughs> yeah, I felt very out of place. Like, I think people were looking at us and were like, oh, you're here to look at things? Right. Yeah, we get it. It's okay. But they encourage you. It's new for you. They encourage you to take pictures. <laughs> yeah. Because then that's what you take up, I guess, to the bud tender, uh-huh, not the bartender. So funny. And they have like a hundred of them. Uh-huh. They have a hundred red flags around the store. So you shop the center of the store and then pick one. Uh-huh. Whichever one's open, like tellers. Well, and actually, according to the sign, you text them, and then they tell you oh, which one to go to. That's right. Which I, I think is actually a great system. And then check out this uh, screen that we showed. It's like... Um, oh, that thing was amazing. 14 feet high, 94 feet long, or something like that. Honestly, I think it's probably longer than the entirety of my apartment. <laughs> Realistically. It could, yeah, it, it could. That TV might have more square footage. <laughs> Than my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at least, yeah. I, it might have more square footage than my entire apartment. Like, yeah. if you laid the floor of that TV against the floor of my home, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I so I posted it on Facebook, and I said, look, man, don't judge me or whatever I said, but hear me out. Like, I think vacation is for going and seeing things that you don't see every day. Right. For example, the beach mm-hmm. or a theme park or, in this case, the world's largest dispensary. And it was, uh, I mean, I don't know if I'm any better for it, but I saw it with my own eyes. Uh-huh. Pretty amazing. It's, yeah, it's pretty cool. What, a, oh, but then I didn't feel oh. seedy enough. Before we move on, though, I forgot yeah. to mention, uh, I also saw an ad while we were there that uh, they apparently do cannabis-themed weddings, mm-hmm. and they're about to put in a cannabis museum, which I actually think would be really fascinating, and I'm kind of bummed it wasn't there yet. They're calling it the Cannabition Museum or something like I, I suppose, reflecting on the moments mm-hmm. in American history where cannabis was prohibited, uh-huh. which is now oh, a thing of the past. That's interesting. At oh, least yeah, in some states. That's actually a good point. So I think yeah. the, I think that's what cannabisian meant. I'm not sure. Yeah, I could see that. So that wasn't nearly a seedy enough experience. It was a very clean, homogenized, mm-hmm. sterilized experience. I thought, well, that's just not dirty enough for me. Right. Well, I know and you can't some... even touch the product there because it's all in glass cases yeah. too. 
Yeah. Not that I want a tattoo. It's fine. No. I mean, I am a tactile person, but you can see it's yeah. it's like a box or a bag. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we found another one on Google Maps, another dispensary. <laughs> Drove to the place in an industrial part of town. Mm-hmm. Maybe not industrial boulevard where In N Out is, but an industrial part of town. And we pulled up, no sign, blackened windows. I don't even think they had a number on their door. They didn't. As a matter of fact, we had a hard time. We had such a hard time finding it that I had to call them. That's right. And say, "Hey, we think we're here. Where are you guys?" And they're like, "Oh, we're in. We're in Suite something or other. I, I don't remember the number." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh, okay. Thanks. Cool." Because it was a. It was like a strip mall of industrial buildings. Yeah. If it, if that makes sense, like mm-hmm. like most of these places didn't have a storefront or want one. So we walk in. They immediately demand our IDs, mm-hmm. so that was different. Mm-hmm. Like, why do you need? We're going to hang on to these until you come back out. Well, and that was the difference okay. too, because at uh, Planet Thirteen, it, you just show them your ID, mm-hmm. and then they give it right back, and it's you know, it makes sense, right? But they, yeah, these guys, they were like, um, we're keeping these until you leave. Well, okay, so you walk in, and there's just a room with a sliding glass thingy mm-hmm. and a cage and uh, IDs, please, and it's like, well, I don't even know if I'm in the right place. Or what's past that door, or I don't, and I certainly don't know you. Mm-hmm. Why the hell would I give you my ID? Right. You know? Yeah, and at least with Planet Thirteen, you could see past the desk and kind of get a feel for what's going on back there. Yeah. These ones, it's completely closed off, so you can't see the other room at all. Yeah, you walk in and it's just a ten by ten room mm-hmm. with a receptionist on the other side. So of course we gave her our IDs and we walked in and we hit pure gold. I'm gonna slowly show. Their product selection. Hopefully, I can scroll it somehow. But talk about some of these. I think you could say don't violate copyright law because they follow parody. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of them are like this Doritos bag here. Yeah, that is the Doritos logo. That's mm-hmm. the Doritos artwork color. I mean, it looks like they took a bag of Doritos, mm-hmm. uh, unwrapped the bag, photographed it, right, <laughs> shrunk it, and put weed in it. I don't even know what's in there. Are they well? I think it's. I think they're chips. You think they're chips? I, I think so. I mean, that's that seems wild. to make sense to me. And I mean, if they can do gummy worms and they can do vegetable seasoning, why couldn't they chip? Why couldn't they do chips? I mean, I suppose so. Well, and also you'd have to think that that would get because you're not going to eat the whole bag in one go. I have to assume. That's well. That's what I'm so saying. It would I probably eat, get stale fast. I eat a bag of chips in one go. Yeah. As I understand it, whatever pieces are in the bag, and they say how many pieces and how mm-hmm. many milligrams each. If you mm-hmm. ate that whole bag, you would. Oh, you. I don't know if you drop. I don't. I don't know what the effects of uh, cannabis intoxication are, uh-huh. but you would have them. Yes. If you could, if you consume a whole bag of chips mm-hmm. <laughs> in one sitting, and you don't tell somebody, I mean, that's the right. That would be a real dick move. Yeah. Is all I'm saying. Oh, and you know what? That's what. That's all I could think of when I was looking at those copyright infringement uh, pack- <laughs> packages, because I was like, man, there, there's no way that a kid would see that bag and not. Just assume it was Doritos and eat it. There's no way you could, if if you wanted to consume legal cannabis in mm-hmm. the state of Nevada and you were a parent, there's no way you could buy these things. No. Because this is, even though it's legal weed, that's black market packaging. Right. Yes. <laughs> that's what I was disgusted Which about. Which is hilarious, too. In that store. <laughs> Wasn't the the availability of, you know, what's a controlled substance in my state. Right. But the copyright infringement. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It has so much potential for very bad consequences. Yeah. And they don't care at all. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's just, you know, teenage kids, 18, 19, who are going through their experimental phase in their crappy apartment that they share with five other people putting sure. these in their cupboards and not like parents 
where right. kids could reach them because that's when it gets scary. I mean, mm-hmm. you know how they they basically made um, flavored nicotine mm-hmm. vape uh, right. illegal or something. Mm-hmm. Now there's just regular and menthol or something. Uh, but there was fruit punch and all sorts. Of, and yeah. I think you can still buy the custom stuff to make your own if you're a vapor. Probably. But uh, but yeah, they actually, they're mm-hmm. like, no, that's too targeted to kids. Right. And I remember when Joe Camel was, they had to get rid of Joe Camel mm-hmm. because that was too targeted to kids. You know, and that's the other thing too. Even if you're not leaving these where your kids could get to them, if they even, if they could possibly find them, even one in a million, they will find them and they will eat them. I know that because when I was a kid, um, my cousin and I uh, knew that my no. uncle had these um, boozy chocolates. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. You got into the boozy we chocolates? Got into th- well, and I've seen those like at Christmas. Yes. The l- little chocolate cordials, and instead yeah. of cherry cordial, it's like Jack Daniels something or something. like that. I, I don't think it was quite that bad because it didn't taste like alcohol to me because I was a kid and I would have noticed. And I, I would have been like, huh. oh, yucky. Dude, I was like five or six. I, I was super little. <laughs> I had an aunt who made us rum balls. And she was a very nice Christian mm-hmm. lady. Well, from she the probably South. cooked the alcohol out. Right. Those yeah. those get the alcohol cooked out, but yeah. they're still I remember going and even you could mm-hmm. when it, when we opened, she'd package them very nicely and oh, we'd open nice. the package. Mm-hmm. They must have come right out of the oven into this package. But when we opened it, it was just you were hit with I was hit with this, hmm, as a kid. That isn't gasoline. I've smelled <laughs> that, but it's it's somewhere in that family. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But um, you're right. Kids will get into that yeah, stuff. Yeah, dude. And we did. And we totally ate a couple. And I don't remember feeling drunk or weird or anything. We actually ended up crying a lot because we didn't realize there was alcohol in it. Oh. And then I think Tyson told us or something. And uh, I don't remember who told us. You know what? It, I think it was Tyson. And I think he might have been wrong. I think it might have just been flavored chocolate. Uh, okay. But he was like, Carly, those have alcohol in them. And I was like, no. This is your older brother we're talking yes. about. Yeah. 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 And, he, and so, we were like, oh, my gosh, what do we do? And he's like, just drink lots and lots of water. That's what you're supposed to do if you drink alcohol. And I was like, okay. Which also, I don't know how he knew that at nine. Right. You know? yeah. yeah. But, yeah. All but, right. yeah, we just sat there and cried and drank water and, you know, hoped <laughs> that we wouldn't, you know, be taken by Grumpus or something. Right. Yeah, the boogeyman. For being naughty children. (laughs) So a couple other things real quick. We stopped by Peggy Sue's Diner, which Mm. was the first diner on Interstate 15, but it really wasn't on Interstate 15 because it was built in 1954 before the interstate. But what Interstate 15 ended up replacing was basically the road that um, they served. And and then they did pretty okay till 1968 when I-15 was completed. And then they were going to go the way of the dinosaur until they got... Dinosaurs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so they put this dinosaur park. We saw that. Uh, and on the, 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 honestly, if you're in Yermo, California, that's that's sort of halfway in between. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's halfway in between Vegas and Anaheim, but it's halfway in between that that long, desolate California Death Valley mm-hmm. Barstow stretch. Yeah. Uh, that was fun. Santa Monica Beach was fun. Mm-hmm. I just want to know how so much Santa ends up in my swimsuit. I don't do anything crazy. But it's so much sand. I forgot about sand. It gets, <laughs> Anakin was right. It gets everywhere. Right. And I mean, like, I had to shower and, uh-huh. and, I, and I, I thought all, I had shaken all the sand off of myself out of, outside the hotel. Then I take a shower and there's like another whole beach. Right. At right. The bottom. So, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about sand. You know what? There was one time <laughs> uh, when I was in high school and we were performing in Disneyland. We stopped at the beach. And when I got out, my swimsuit bottom, like, Okay, do you know how uh, women's underwear have, like, that weird little 
flap thing in the bottom. It's like oh, a little extra paneling. Yes, as somebody who has done laundry for ladies before. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So women's swimsuits also have that, but it's sewn. The one I had at least was sewn shut, so it, there was no way in or out really. But for some reason, between those two pieces of fabric, had built up a wad of sand. Well, and I <laughs> and it was so weird because I didn't think that the water was sandy, but uh-huh. that's the only time we spent. Well, besides walking along the beach to get to the water. Right. You know, so I think it was, you know, how waves stir up some sand. We were, Mm -hmm. we must've been standing in some pretty, uh, sandy water. Right. But we did it. I I wanted to visit Santa Monica and do exactly what Everclear says in the song. You know, the one that goes, it's called Santa Monica. (laughs) And he's like, we could live beside the ocean. Something, something fire. Forget about the fire. Something to swim out past the breakers, watch the world die. And uh, and we did just that. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. It was really cool. Took a photo. Yeah. That was fun. Had a so, little picnic. So let's get let's get to the Disneyland Universal Studios comparison, can we? Yes. We visited both. They both had something significant going on. Disney has the 100th anniversary of the Walt Disney Company. Uh-huh. Started in 1923. And then Universal Studios has the brand new super hot world, Super Nintendo World. Which was so cool, by the way. So, what were your impressions of the trip? What do you want? What did you wish you knew? Mm-hmm. What are you glad you did? What are you sad you did? Yeah. So that so that we can talk about it here, and maybe people will benefit from listening. Um, one thing I wish we would have done was have one day off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one day off in between <laughs> Disneyland and DCA yeah. and Universal. Yeah, because that was kind of a tough time. That was not super fun dealing with. <laughs> I went from 2,600 steps per day to 27,000. Right. I, my physical activity increased by a factor of 10 mm-hmm. for five days straight. Right. Well, and also... so I lost 10 pounds. <laughs> I needed to. Sure. But I did. Yeah, I know. I didn't. I don't think I lost any weight there. I wish I would have, but oh well. Relatively speaking, I have more to lose. <laughs> sure, sure, whatever. Um, but anyway... Uh, so I actually stayed up the entire night right before we left. I only got about one or two hours of sleep before we left, um, because I had had to go into the radio station and cut my show so that I didn't have to do it on vacation and everything, you know, I just had to work right before I was trying to clean my house, trying to pack. Um, and then I also had to do these radio shows. And so I didn't get done with that until super late in the day. And then I still had to go home and pack. And I ended up just getting no sleep. So on top of that, as we were there in the parks and stuff, we were getting up so early Mm -hmm. and staying out so late. (laughs) And again, getting no sleep and having to do so much physical activity too. Basically, your family had planned this Great American road trip slash vacation. To be as action-packed as possible. (laughs) And uh, and I tagged along. Uh And I thought... You know, are they going to do it the way I love to do it, which is, you know, the three-day park hopper tickets Uh and then two days at Universal or a day at Universal. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's exactly what they did. Yeah. So I love your family for that. Mm -hmm. And um, My mom's an excellent planner. And they also were big fans of the midday break. Yes. Where you take all your souvenirs and crap Mm -hmm. back to the hotel room, you sit in the air conditioning, probably take a shower, probably put on aloe, Mm -hmm. then put on more sunscreen, and then you're back in the park by six, seven. 
Yeah. And staying as long as you want, you know? Well, and especially because, you know, we had kids with, I mean, we didn't have kids with us, but they had kids with them. Your niece and nephew. Yeah, my niece and nephew who were um, six and eight. Perfect age. Right, I know. They loved it. They loved it. It was so great. Yeah, and they they were troopers too. They were. They They walked as much as we did. Man, and here's the thing. Seeing all of the other kids at Disneyland, well, and mostly Universal, actually, the Disneyland kids weren't as bad as the Universal kids. For some reason, <laughs> um, you yeah, you drew that distinction. Yeah, I noticed that the crowds at Disneyland seemed to be a little bit more polite, a little less rowdy versus uh, Universal. Hmm. Yeah, but anyway, seeing all those other kids and how they were behaving compared to my niece and nephew, like I kind of thought they were hellions, but they are not. They're actually very well behaved. I have they, to, I have to agree. Yeah, and they, they really absolutely don't. Were. They don't boob too much either. Like they're excited and they're being kids. They're being annoying because they're kids, but you know, nothing crazy. You know. One thing that I really enjoyed, um, and this is, here's a tip. So Disney Dining will only let you book within 60 days of the reservation you want to make. So I knew we were going to be there like July 8th. So so May 8th, I think I, uh, I knew that that was my deadline. I even put it in my calendar. Well, I didn't, I wanted to book the Blue Bayou. That's Mm -hmm. the restaurant that you see at the beginning of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride and go, hey, how did they how did they get in there? Um, so I wanted to book that for all of us. And like I waited, I think, a few days past the inside the 60-day window, everything was taken. Everything was gone. And so um they opened at 11. I walked up to the or we walked up mm-hmm. to the hostess. The doors were closed, but she was standing outside smiling and greeting people. Mm-hmm. And we said, hey, uh, we didn't make reservations because we suck. Is there any way we can get in? She's like, well, we do. And I didn't realize this. She said, we accommodate walk-ins all day long. Oh. So we went back at 11.09 and we got right in. A table yeah. for seven, mm-hmm. we got right in. It was, I mean, not right in. I want to say there's a 15-minute wait. Yeah, maybe 20 max. But it was great. Mm-hmm. I always thought you had to get that reservation, but I'm glad they balance it a little bit yeah. between, you know, re- reservations and walk-ins. Well, and to be fair, since we did go for lunch, that probably helped. Yeah. Um, and my mom specifically planned this vacation so that it would be on one of the less active weekends. Right. Too. I thought she was crazy for booking. We went the 7th, 8th, and 9th, right? Uh-huh. So right after July 4th. Yeah. Um, she was not crazy. The The crowds, I think everybody, you know, blew their load the weekend of the 4th of July. Right. And so there was sort of, and I guess there's that one little magic week there mm-hmm. in, in the wake of the 4th where it wasn't so crowded. There's a small low. It was pretty pleasant. Yeah. And of course, the first thing we did was made a beeline for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Oh, and it was so cool. So cool. So cool. And we I got cannot... their rope drop too. Yeah. We got there early. We did the brand sure new, there's the Smuggler's Run. That's the ride mm-hmm. with the Millennium Falcon. And to mm-hmm. see a full-scale Millennium Falcon right in front of me, like I just turned into a seven-year-old boy. I was like, that's <laughs> <laughs> and then to ride in it. Right. You can it, either. It was so cool. So they put six people on the ride. The We're talking about the Smuggler's Run ride with the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Two pilots up front, mm-hmm. then two gunners, and then two engineers. Right. And that's the lame slot. And yeah. that's what we got. <laughs> of course. Well, and the thing that pisses me off, too, is that in my, like in the car that we were in, oh. so my family went in one car and then we went in one because we had too big, too big of a group. But in the one that we went in, the gunners 
uh, didn't do their job. They didn't hit any buttons. They didn't like even try. They, well, and, and the pilots they, ran us into the ground repeatedly. So many they had times. no idea what they were doing. So many times, right? We could have been so much better, dude. And not only that, but <laughs> these particular people had been on the ride before too, and like, yeah, they didn't seem what? to care. And like, we actually wanted to go and be pilots and stuff, and it was stupid. It's so so easy to judge everybody else at theme parks, man. I don't know how many <sighs> times I just went. Hmm. Uh, I, you know, honestly. And, we ended up having itch. we we ended up having to sort of plan our siestas around when I was starting to get mean. Right. <laughs> Once Carly started getting grumpy, it was like, so, let's go get some food. <laughs> and yeah. uh, you want a nap? Yeah. You want some snacks and a nap? Do you? Yeah. Do you yeah. want a go gurt? I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that's the thing. Um, you know, I feel like in general I'm Pretty laid back, pretty oh, you mild. Are. Yeah. But even I caught myself getting mean, and I was like, "We need to go back now because I can't handle this." <laughs> well, and and I get I get tense, you know, when, yeah. when I'm just like when there's so many different things to keep track of the crowds and the okay, mm-hmm. we've got tickets for this time and a reservation right. here. Can we make it through there? I guess it all depends, and mm-hmm. it's just it it does it gets and and then people are walking in front of you constantly. I wore flip flops the entire time because yeah. I love my Sunooks. I love them. <laughs> They're a second skin to me. And, um, but the problem with flip flops is people give you a flat tire all the time. Right. You're walking so close together. I did that to you so much. <laughs> I felt so bad. So much. I even did it to Lucas once too. Yeah. I think I just walk close to people. Well, and, and, and that's fine. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're packed in like sardines. But again, the crowds weren't that bad. Like Rise of the Resistance, the brand new one that's mm-hmm. amazing. Look oh, at these so stormtroopers cool. here. Yeah. It was just, am- it was, again, amazing to have this brought to life. It was really cool. Uh, but it was only like 25 minutes at the beginning of the day. Then yeah. it broke down. Like, okay, a lot of rides broke down. Rise yeah. of the Resistance mm-hmm. and Space Mountain mm-hmm. in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. And then over uh, at California Adventure, they weren't even running Soarin' Over California. Mm-hmm. So the, And the other two major rides in my mind, Grizzly River Rapids mm-hmm. and Radiator Springs in Cars Land, uh-huh. uh, were broken down a lot. Yeah. And I saw a lot of... So, you know the whole idea behind Disneyland was Walt Disney took his kids to, and I don't know if it was Santa Monica Pier, but some amusement park. Mm-hmm. And he noticed that the merry-go-round, the carousel, had chipped paint and like a few of the horses were sort of not working. Mm-hmm. And so his theme for Disneyland was no chipped paint, all the horses jump. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of his way of saying, the least we can do mm-hmm. is have things operational and looking nice. Yeah. I know I know that there's a crew in Disneyland every night at 12.01. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they leave at 5.59. Mm-hmm. They're painting. They're hosing the place down. They're cleaning. But I saw some chipped paint. I saw the Tomorrowland ride mm-hmm. looked like Tomorrow and. Yeah. The L was out. Uh-huh. There was trash on the Star Tours ride. Now, in mm-hmm. their defense, it was cleaned up by the next day. Yeah. But somebody had thrown it down, you know, where the droid collection is. Yeah. And so I know that they have a challenge, accommodate. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the park was originally um, built to accommodate like 10, 20,000. Mm-hmm. And I know now that they go up to like 80,000 right. before they close the park off for the day and say, sorry, mm-hmm. we're actually at capacity and the fire marshal won't let any more people in. Yeah. You know, but um, I, I, I get it. And I'm not condemning Disneyland. I couldn't do that job. I just hate to see mm-hmm. them slipping. Right. You know? Well, and especially because... You know, people pay so much money to go there, and it's such a big <laughs> deal, and it's such an investment for people. You know, with how much money Disney, to get there, yeah, with to stay there, mm-hmm. 
and then to get into the park. Right. And with how much money Disney has, especially Disneyland, I just don't feel like there's any reason that they can't employ enough uh, maintenance workers to keep the park looking nice and taken care of. Let's give them mad pro. So in the same sentence, fair and balanced. Yeah. (laughs) I got to stop saying that. In the same sentence. Yeah, you're going to get copyright struck. (laughs) Right, yeah. In the same sentence, we'll also compliment Disneyland on their excellent customer service, except for the guy at Small World who told me I couldn't be in the front and they're not taking any requests right now. Are you kidding me? I disagree, though. I thought their customer service was kind of questionable this time. There were some salty cast members. Yes. And we know why, actually. We do now. But let me finish. But uh, so I got an Indiana Jones hat, because of course I did. Yeah. And I lost it. Uh huh. And um, me, I, if it were just me alone in the park, would have been like, well, easy come, easy go. (laughs) Right. But Tenacious Carly here, (laughs) Tenacious K (laughs) over here, um, went online. Sure enough, there's a lost and found form. Mm-hmm. They sent her an email the next day saying it hasn't cut, turned up yet. The next day saying, sorry, we can't find it. Mm-hmm. And then the third day saying, we found it. Yeah. And they're shipping it to us. Yes, for free. Whoosh. I know, right? Thank you. And that is something That's that, amazing. That was something that I was incredibly impressed by. Yeah. And I don't know if Universal does that same thing. But something in my gut kind of tells me that they don't, you know? <laughs> they probably have a grimy lost and found in a... No, like, at the very I don't least, want to bag on Universal too much because I do have a special place in my heart for them too. Of course. And you know what? It was really cool. <laughs> I think that if we had given it as much care and love as we did Disneyland, and honestly, had we gone to it first, we probably would have had a much better time there, but we were spent by then. So, you know? so that was cool. They did that. Yeah. And, and I, I want to mention too that uh, fast passes are gone. So if you used to be able to con the fast pass system like I did, <laughs> you might be a little disappointed to find out that they've been mm-hmm. replaced by lightning lanes. Mm-hmm. But you can schedule one lightning lane entry for your group at a time. Mm-hmm. And, and then when you go ride that ride, you, uh, you can schedule another one mm-hmm. once you've used it. Yeah. You know? And everything's done on the app. Get the Disneyland app. And then I would recommend my good friend John from Salt Lake who goes like twice a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm exaggerating a little bit, but he knows that park. You think I know the park? He is the expert. I oh, mean, yeah. he's been, and I think he's, I don't know if he's been thrown in Disneyland jail. I think he has, <laughs> but there is a Disneyland jail. We'll have to talk about that. He's confirmed later. the existence of it. <laughs> well, he'll do stuff. Okay. So we kind of did a back to the basics trip this time. We did the canoes, which I have never done. Me either. We rode the Mark Twain riverboat. We rode mm-hmm. the Columbia um, and, and, oh, and, you know, uh, explored Tom Sawyer's Island uh-huh. and found this booty, yeah. this nice booty. Well, and part of why we were able to do all that too, is because the way the, that the app is set up, it actually tells you the wait times. Yeah. So from anywhere in the park, you can know how long it's going to take to get onto the Matterhorn or in the Incredicoaster or something like that. Yeah. 1030 at night. Space Mountain is five minutes. Let's go. Right. Yeah. And Autopia. I mean, we hit all the rides. Mm-hmm. We did. Uh, I mean, it was, yeah. And of course... The thing really to do is get there first thing in the morning, hit four or five rides before 11 or noon, Mm -hmm. and then go take a siesta Uh and come back. But uh, So lightning lanes are gone. You got to get the app. John, my friend in Salt Lake, recommends you spend the extra 25 bucks per person to get Disney Genie, Mm -hmm. which has some benefits. But one of the cool values that Disneyland is offering for free is that photo pass thing. Yeah. Like they used to charge for it. I thought that was really cool too. And now they just have roaming photographers or when we got a picture with Mickey. Uh Uh-huh. Um, you know, they basically they hand you a card, you scan it with your app, you access the pictures mm-hmm. in like not high, high res, but high enough resolution. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, certainly good enough for Facebook, mm-hmm. who I don't even think is, it used, you used to be able to upload, Facebook is squelching their photos again. 
Uh, in other words, you used to be able to upload in high quality, and then when you zoomed in on it and brought it up, it was definitely high quality. Mm -hmm. they, they're nerfing it again somehow, and I don't know how. Mm, that's annoying. Because I'm not a tech guy. But Yeah. So that's one of the cool values that Disneyland and DCA provides. Well, and I wish I would have known sooner, because I think we would have taken a lot more pictures with those photographers if we had. Right. Yeah. Right. So if you see a photographer, and people are usually lined up, usually it's with a character. Mm -hmm. um, we actually visited Mickey's house in Toontown. Yeah, because we looked on the app and it had like a five-minute wait. So we were like, yeah, why not? Let's. Yeah. Well, yeah, your niece and nephew were uh, doing... They were siesting at yeah. that time. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. All right. So we're like, yeah, let's go. I felt like a kid again. Mm -hmm. It was fantastic. Boy, are my legs tired. <laughs> I didn't get shin splints, though. And I credit my Sanooks, my mm -hmm. Sanook sandals, because they're just fantastic. Oh, Yeah. No, my legs hurt so bad about midway through, I had to go out and buy Epsom salt and just soak my legs every <laughs> night. <laughs> so then we get to Universal. And you're right. It's just a different vibe. First of all, mm -hmm. they're blaring um, current pop music yeah. in their parking garage and as you walk in. So mm -hmm. Universal, jeez. We got there early one morning and paid... Regular parking is 50 bucks. We paid 70 for front gate parking. Which is insane. It's insane. And... We were 50 feet away from the entrance. So that was cool. Right. So uh, entrance meaning first security, then you show your tickets, then you're actually in inside Universal. Mm -hmm. And of course, Simpsons Land, amazing, crusty Land, all that stuff. That was pretty cool. The Quickie Mart. We had a crusty mm -hmm. Burger uh -huh. and a Sideshow Bob Foot Long. And a Duff. And a Duff. <laughs> it wasn't beer. It's like an orange-flavored beverage. You could actually buy it on Amazon yeah. if you're you into know, it. It kind of tastes like a more delicious version of Airborne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it had sort of a, I don't want to say medicine-y taste. I would attribute it to like a blood orange flavor. Yeah, yeah. Which is sort of a tartar mm -hmm. orange than I'm used to, you know, there's no LaCroix like that, I don't think. Right, no. But it was just like a LaCroix. Uh -huh. It was like a blood orange LaCroix. Yeah. Then we had the butter beer. Oh, the butter beer was good. In the Wizarding World of Harry Potter with Hogwarts mm -hmm. and Hogsmeade and Hogshead, all the hogs. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> they went hog wild. Now, I was going to say it was, yes, we went hog wild on a butterbeer. And there's two. You can get it frozen or regular. Uh -huh. I think frozen is more refreshing. Mm -hmm. Regular is tastier. Oh, yeah. You know, fair. if it's not frozen, you can taste more of it. Yeah. You know how sometimes if you leave cheese out for an hour, it's tastier. Oh, it is Or tastier. white wine or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so we tried the butterbeer. I said it was more like a butterscotch drink with a light root beer aftertaste mm -hmm. and you said it was more cream soda than a root than root beer which i think is more accurate mm -hmm. but there was still a little hint of root beer at the end oh yeah or root or sarsaparilla well you know whatever yeah. you want to call it but a little bit of oh do i detect that yeah 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 just just a really great and mm -hmm. super sugary so i only had a few sips oh yeah like yeah. i can't i cannot do that to myself anymore <laughs> well as a matter of fact i think that we actually finished off madison's okay so even she a child was like this is too much man this someone else much. want this <laughs> <laughs> yeah i wanted another one mm -hmm. i was gonna use her wand and go expecto refill them or something <laughs> but Funny. but that was fun the two rides in harry potter's wizarding world uh-huh are uh, the roller coaster, mm -hmm. which is nothing to write home about. I didn't realize. I thought it was going to be awesome, but it's two corkscrews and a couple of hills, and you're done. Yeah, it's so short. It's for it's for kids under twelve, probably, yeah. um, or grown up. I mean, I'll do what you want, but it's not worth waiting for forty five minutes for. No, and that's the thing is Universal doesn't have. Okay, we we this is this is a big distinction to draw. So yes. you know what you're in for, especially when we get to Super Nintendo World. Yeah. On the lower level where all the cool rides are like Jurassic Park, The Mummy, and Transformers. Mm -hmm. um, so you 
they don't have lightning lanes per se. They've got Universal Studios Express, yeah. but you have to pay for it every time you use it. Which is ridiculous to me. Which is ridiculous. Come on, Universal. Step up your game. At least get competitive enough with Disney because, right. like, so we got early access passes for, mm-hmm. we, you know, we did buy, spend extra money for the early access passes for Super Nintendo World and the ride inside, which is Mario Kart. It's which amazing. is really cool, by the way. Um, but even so, when we got off the ride, oh, the ride broke down, so we couldn't get on it. Uh-huh. But when we finally did get on it and got off around ten ten thirty, there was already a two hour and forty minute wait for Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. So, like, uh, they've got it. I can't believe they let that happen. Right. Well, okay. So I actually went up to a crew member while we were waiting in the park at that very uh, that very first hour because nothing else is open anyway, you know. But you had sat down with my dad, and basically you were like, yeah, there's nothing to do. And I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> Look at all this stuff around us. There's yeah. clearly something to do, even if the ride's down. You know, we've got to take it in now before it's too late because it's going to get so crowded. And so I went up to a crew member, and I was like, hey, so the ride's broken down. Um, what else can you do? And he's like, oh, well, you know, if you have the wristband, yada, yada. And I was like, well, I don't have a wristband, so what else can I do? And he's like, um, well, well, Toadstool Cafe isn't open, so you can't do that. Uh, oh, oh, but you can go. You can go to the top of Bowser's Tower, and there are some binoculars that you can look through, and you can see some uh, AI characters in it, or not AI, um, augmented reality okay. AR characters in it. And I was like, Yeah, that, that's it. I don't feel like hiking, buddy. Yeah, well, and I, and to be fair, I did end up going up there just to see it, and it was fine. I didn't go. I should know? have gone because I like the views. Like, like, um, you know, I took some video, mm-hmm. took some photos. Anyway, it was really cool. It was really, it was really cool. cool looking. Mario Kart, they give you a helmet, <laughs> you you kind of screw on the knob, Oculus uh, mask style. Mm-hmm. And then when you get in the cart, you pop on a visor that mm-hmm. shows you where the other riders are. Which is a brilliant way to design that ride. Brilliant. And there's four riders per car, yeah? Uh-huh. Um, two in the front, two in the back. Yes. They each have their own steering wheel. They do. And wherever you look is where you're throwing your turtles when you shoot. Uh-huh. So you, you actually use... You know the position of your eyes or your head to to aim, and yeah. I mean it was just and there's a bunch of cool rides like that. So Super Mario Kart is one of them in mm-hmm. Universal. Back to DCA and California Adventure. DCA has Toy Story Midway Mania, which was so fun. And I love that they've rebranded branded Paradise Pier as Pixar Pier. Right. It's more focused. Mm-hmm. The California Screaming Roller Coaster is still there. It's just called the Incredicoaster after the Incredibles. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Which have... is such a fitting theme for that one anyway. Yeah. You know, they... and they've added like some cute little Jack Jacks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, it's super cute. And they have your favorite, Jesse. Yes. That's In fact, we took personality mm-hmm. tests inside DCA. They have an animation studio. Uh-huh. You can go back into the Beast's library, take a personality uh-huh. quiz, and it'll tell you what um, Disney character you are. Uh-huh. You got Jesse. I did. And I got Jack Skellington. <laughs> I don't <Yep>. know how. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, that sounds like me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's so funny too. because And that sounds like you. Well, and on our way back, you were talking about how my dad totally became kind of a little kid while he was there. And the he funny thing did. is, he it got Peter, great. And he got Peter Pan on his personality <laughs> test, which I think is hysterical. <laughs> it's Yeah. I mean, Ed is sort of a stoic dude, you know? He's pretty he, yeah. even keeled, whereas I'm, you know, either manic mm-hmm. or asleep. Uh-huh. And, uh, but yeah, I, you know, we, we started talking about what? Rocking the ride on the Ferris wheel, <gasps> the pal around. Uh-huh. Hey, you want to pal around? <laughs> and you can choose swinging or non-swinging. <laughs> uh, and, and, and yeah, we just, you know, he's, he's like, I'm like, yeah, sure enough, you know, if you get swinging, 
some jerk in the cage is going to start rocking it. And he was like, I love to do that. Yeah, because of course he does. It's <laughs> like, who is this guy? Yeah. <laughs> I like him even better now. Yeah. He's just kind yeah. of a brat like that every now and then. <laughs> right. Yeah. But to see, but to see, that's what this is for, man, mm-hmm. is to relax and, I don't know, look at the world through childlike eyes again. Mm-hmm. And there's plenty of opportunity to do that. I mean, whether it's Star Wars Land or mm-hmm. uh, or, or Pixar War- Pier or... Star Wars tor- turned you into such a kid. Oh, man. Well, so I... I am a, uh, I'm a member of the seven years old and 77 club, Mm -hmm. you know, when it came out, I was so impressionable, so impressionable. And, you know, like I just just thrilled me to the core. Uh And, uh, and so, yeah, that absolutely did it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, but I even remember at one point we were on a ride and it was a really great, really cool ride. But I remember looking at you cause I wanted to see your reaction to the ride. (laughs) Even more than I wanted to see what the Imagineers had put together. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that I'm so glad we did, one of the one of the rides that opens up or, the, or that fills up the fastest in mm-hmm. fantasy, you know, Fantasyland is right past, right past Sleeping Beauty's Castle. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got all the classic rides, Snow White, Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, Mr. Toad, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Pan. The Carousel. I know I'm forgetting another one. The Carousel. Dumbo. Dumbo. The Teacups. Tea and so Peter Pan always gets busiest the fastest. So yeah. we made a beeline for Peter Pan. It was still a 35-minute wait. And um, because they only seat two people at a time in each car. Like it was mm-hmm. way before the thought of, you know, 20 people to a car. Is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like the Indiana Jones cars. Those are Don't those hold like... Eight people, I think, or something? Something like that, yeah. Maybe, Quite a few. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but... Um, no, that's about right. At so least yeah, six. So we got to do all these classic rides, and that sort of gets you into the little kid mind space. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, as an adult, there's no suspension of disbelief. You know you're on a carnival ride, but if you just sort of glaze your eyes over and relax yeah. a little bit, you do. Maybe you... hit Planet 13 first. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's... That's uh, they they had drug sniffing dogs out in front of the park. They did. I assume they're drug sniffing dogs. I I mean maybe right. bomb sniffing dogs. May, but also maybe explosive sniffing. Yeah. Don't can dogs be trained for both? I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I think that that might be asking a little too much. But yeah, they. I mean, security was there, mm-hmm. and they had plenty of tables to accommodate the flow. There weren't very many lines, unless you were behind your brother. Which I learned the hard oh, way. I know. Your Captain brother's backpack. Car- <laughs> There's and there were a few people in the park like this. You'd 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 be walking or you'd be standing next to them in line and think you had plenty of clearance, and then they turn uh-huh. and smack you right in the face with a backpack that extends a foot from their body. Yeah. And yeah, it takes forever for security to go through that because they're thorough. Right. And <laughs> at no point, at no point when we were in a group all together, was someone like, Oh, hey, or I really needed this, or do you have a that? And did he have it? I always did. Yes. In your little teeny <laughs> yeah. Mickey bag. A tiny, yeah. tiny bag. It was technically a backpack, but mm-hmm. it was, it's, I mean, a backpack for yeah, a five-year-old. A mini backpack. Yeah. As a matter of fact, my mom initially <laughs> bought it for Madison, but it was too small for Madison. <laughs> oh, yeah. So okay. my mom was like, hey, you want it as a person? I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> anyway, Universal is great, but they don't have, I mean, they do have the express lanes, but you have to pay for each one. Mm-hmm. Um, we did the backlot tour, which you got to do. Mm-hmm. I So, okay, my personal experience with Disneyland and Universal Studios, when my stepdad, Glenn, was looking at options to 
uh, for a job after he was done with the Air Force. Um, he had like three or four locations he could have gone to. Well, he picked Idaho Falls, Idaho, and mm-hmm. that's why I'm here today. Mm-hmm. And uh, before he did that, I, and I got to give him props for this. Good guy, Glenn, doing this. He took. He he realized. Okay, I'm moving my these, this family out into the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But right now we're in Southern California, and it's summer. And so we did it all. We yeah. went to SeaWorld. Legoland wasn't around then. DCA wasn't around then. But we went to Disneyland. Mm-hmm. We went to Six Flags, Flags Magic Mountain. We went to Knott's Berry Farm. And we went to Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. So I was only six or seven at the time. I hadn't even seen Jaws yet. Mm-hmm. But the Backlot Tour with Jaws. Pretty oh, cool. man. And the Psycho House and the Bates Motel and Wisteria Lane. Desperate Housewives was shot there. Yeah. Tom Hanks in um, The Burbs. That was yes. shot there. So, so many movies. Like one was the, mm-hmm. was one the Leave it to Beaver House or am I making I, that up? I think so. Anyway. Yeah, I think it was. But they just, you know, all these famous houses and they mm-hmm. showed, you know, they show films in the car as you're riding around. And then the flooding with the Mexican town flood thing that happened. and the, That was pretty cool. Yeah. And the big lake, it was empty at the time we saw it. Uh-huh. But uh, if you've done the Black, Backlot Tour, you know what I'm talking about. And to me, that's, it pulls back the curtain a little bit on the Hollywood magic in a really good way. Yeah. In a fun way. I mean, movie magic is still magic. It is. You know, and even seeing how it's done, it's sort of even more incredible because it's like, how did they even come up with that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in this one, they'd added these really cool uh, 360 3D rides. Yes. Too. Um, There's so, a couple times you have to put on your 3D glasses. Yes, which Lucas was way too excited about. <laughs> yeah. And he kept being like, no, we need our glasses now. No, Lucas, <laughs> you don't. You're going to get a headache if you wear them now. Okay, just wait. <laughs> and or lose them. Right. Because we're going up hills and down hills. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, even driving by the, the city hall that Back to the Future was filmed at. Pretty cool. So cool. And yeah. the two other contrasts that I want to mention between Universal and Disneyland. And I think they could, if they just compared notes or just visited their competition, right. they'd be able to figure this out on their own. So in Disneyland, when you're a dude who stands up to pee, mm-hmm. they have a shelf where you can put your, I don't know, sunglasses, phone, bottle of water, souvenirs, mm-hmm. and then you go. Your merce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Universal doesn't have that. So you walk up and it's one of those, like, I don't know, low flush toilets, no shelf, and and the, and the, the, the toilet itself doesn't even have a place to set the water bottle oh, uh-huh. on. And so if they could just, you know, if you want us to buy souvenirs, make it easy for us to transport them throughout the park. Right. Well, especially when, if you want to fully, ex- if you want to fully experience the park, you have to buy at least two souvenirs. Yeah. You have to buy the Super Mario wristband uh-huh. and you have to buy the Harry Potter wand. Yes. Because otherwise you can't interact with these big, like, um, stations, I guess you could call them, that they have set up in the two worlds. Which I would be okay with. I mean, I had sure. fun without them. But yeah, yeah, I saw the kids with the wristbands going up to the question mark blocks in Super Mario World, mm-hmm. Super Nintendo World, and going ding, 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 yeah. ding, making coin. To be fair, I could get away with... I don't think that not having the wand really changes your experience too much, um, especially because you can see other people, you know, standing up and doing it, and it's not too bad. Yeah. But with the uh, Super Mario wristband, you kind of have to have it to enjoy every part of that part of the park. And didn't your niece, like, she she got so many points that, that yeah. like, she was able to play a secret side quest game that exactly. not a lot of people got to play or something? Yeah, exactly that. So, be, so with these little stations, they're interactive, and they're kind of a mini game, so you can either win or lose them, kind of. But you have to go through each of these little activities and get a certain number of points or something. Okay. And then you can go do the big boss fight, which is in Bowser's, the big boss fight in Bowser's castle. 
But if you don't have that wristband and if you haven't done that, you can't even see in there. They won't even let you in to look. Oh, man. Yeah. So that was kind of frustrating. And that was something that I was sort of miffed about because it's like, first off, these are slap bands with like a medallion on them. Okay. Yeah. There's no reason you need to charge me $40. (laughs) Is that how much they were? They're $40. And if you have two kids, you know, they're not going to share because that's just how kids are. They're going to each want their own, you know, and the uh, crew member even said something like, oh, yeah, you can have, like, one for a group. But, like, realistically, how does that work? Yeah. Who if gets you the each... reward Yeah, from all the group's work? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So I just thought that was silly. The other thing I loved about Universal, the well, the thing I didn't like about Universal was lack of giant shade trees. Yes. Come on. Everything was a palm tree that offers, like, a foot of shade, max. <laughs> so I had to get... I. I had lost my Indiana Jones hat at that point, mm-hmm. um, and so I had to get another one, but one of those wide-brimmed sort of Jurassic Park-looking uh-huh. hats because I because I made the mistake of, before getting the Indiana Jones hat, just putting sunscreen on my face. Well, whatever sunscreen we used, mm-hmm. like, I was crying for half the day because, you know, the first half of the day I was protected, but then it started. I started to sweat, and it dripped down my eyes, and, like, they still burn just thinking about it. Uh-huh. But, um... If they, yeah, you were miserable. I felt so bad. <laughs> so I had the hat. I wish I wish that so Universal has because they don't have giant shade trees. Thank goodness Waterworld is shaded. Right. Yes. We went and saw that <laughs> out of sheer boredom right before leaving the park even though it's been around since 1995. Mhm. But it was fun, right? Yeah, it was fun. Here's the one cool part. Yeah. You see the plane jumping over the thing and then boom and then the audience yeah. cheers. I mean, it's a fun little stunt show. It, it's a stunt show. And there used to be yeah. a Wild West stunt show, mm-hmm. I think either near there or in its place, but they replaced it. And yeah. it's just funny that, you know, Waterworld came out in 1995 and was an instant flop. Yeah. Now, it's because its its budget was like 150 and then it ballooned to 300 million and then it only made 286 million. So not a flop per se. And mm-hmm. it's since gone to make enough money that it's actually off the list of the top 10 flops of all time. Mm-hmm. But, um, I just felt weird watching a movie. Oh, and then, so that came out in the summer of 95. Uh, Universal, so it was a concerted effort. Universal came out with, um, the water, Universal Studios came out with the Waterworld ride in October of 95. Mm -hmm. So just like the Super Mario movie just came out and now Super Nintendo World launches. Right. It was a concerted effort. Yeah. Anyway, Universal. realistically, that was a much better investment for an IP. Because I, I mean, Nintendo and Mario have been around for forever, and they're still beloved. Yeah. Whereas Waterworld, that was such a risk because, <laughs> first off, no one even, like, there was no franchise to sort of build off of. It was this one movie, mm-hmm. and it was either going to rock and roll, and everyone was going to love it, and then they'd want to go to the ride. Or if it flopped, no one wants to go to the ride now. Exactly. And you've wasted all this money on it. Exactly. But I guess it's still a pretty popular ride. Like, right. we were, it looked like, you know, 80% capacity for the show mm-hmm. we went to. Yeah. I do kind of think they should change the branding on it, just change it to a different movie. Right. Uh, yeah, know? the the uh, Universal Studios Water Stunt Show or something. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Waterworld has a story behind it, the quest for dry land and the smokers and, and the mariner, and I get it. I think there are better ways to do it, yeah. Anyway, Universal, in lieu of shade trees, has misters and fans. Mm-hmm. So, like, you see probably 20 people crowded around this thing just getting a burst of refreshment. Um, that cools you off for the next five, 10 minutes while you're walking to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I think if Universal would just plant some damn shade trees and Disneyland would just post some misters, if they both kind of used each other's ideas mm-hmm. there, it would be a much more pleasant park going experience for uh, the clientele. Yeah. 
You know, though, I will say one thing that I was really pleased with was how many uh, lines were covered or indoors or something like that. Yes. Um, especially of the newer rides in both Universal and Disney. Um, and with the uh, Super Mario World ride, the Mario Kart one, I'm pretty sure that the line goes all throughout all of that built up mountain stuff where all of the characters are. I think that sort of bowl that you sit in is actually the line for Mario Kart because huh. it's so long. And they like, I just think that that's how they built it in. If I was guessing. So there it is. We had a great time and mm -hmm. um, we hope you can either live vicariously through us <laughs> or make plans accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, I think the number one thing Idahoans who are going to California need to remember is that uh, California traffic blows hard. <laughs> um, so if you're going to either of these, uh, either of these theme parks, Get a hotel right near it. Yeah. My parents were within walking distance with their hotel, and we were technically in walking distance, but it would have been a 15, 20-minute walk, and we didn't want to do that. After Yeah, after walking for eight hours in the park. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we spent a lot on Uber. Yeah. And it yeah. was seven bucks each time, but then mm -hmm. I'm I'm a $5 tip kind of guy. I get that. But I also have a 4.98 on Uber, so yeah, <laughs> not too shabby. <laughs> right, um, right. Uh, Plus, my dad was nice enough to cart us around. Like he'd yeah. come, he'd come to our hotel in the morning and pick us up and take us back to their hotel, and then we'd all, you know, walk together, which I thought was a great system. Yeah. And realistically, if you do have a big enough family or like two families, and you know, one wants to save some money, that's a great way of doing it, where you guys can sort of help each other out. Exactly. Yeah. But one mistake that we made that was a terrible, terrible mistake that we will not make again if we do this again was that we didn't think to get our hotel room. You know, first in Anaheim and then in Los Angeles. Yes. So that we could be nice and close to Universal. Because we so, didn't get siestas at Universal. Universal is on the 101 north of mm -hmm. L.A. Hollywood. Anaheim is to the south of L.A. So we had to be there at 7 a.m. I think your parents told me they woke up at 3.30 or something. Yep. You know, we and we ended up getting there by 7.15 mm -hmm. to get in early access into Super Nintendo World. But, um, yeah, I, I actually watched the L.A. traffic go. It went from a 50-minute uh, ride to a 60 to, the by the time we hit the road, a 75-minute ride, and all within was... about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, d you know, maybe do a Anaheim Hotel or even a Hotel of the Disneyland Resort, Disneyland Hotel, California, Grand Californian or Paradise Pier. Right. Or is that what it's called? Um, shoot, what is it called now? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, oh, and, th and then grab all your crap. And move up to, you know, either North Hollywood mm -hmm. or someplace near Universal. Yeah. So you don't have to battle L.A. traffic. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, but, but leaving California in the morning is pretty easy uh -huh. because uh, everybody's trying to get into L.A. and you're trying to go the other way. Right. Except for that giant semi-carbecue that we encountered. Oh, my god. Going gosh. up the big hill after. I forgot about that for a second. Let's see. Before, was it before or after Rancho Cucamonga? It was. It was before. It was before? Uh-huh. Okay. Anyway, we were stuck there for half an hour. Emergency vehicles driving past us. Right. Poor semi-truck driver. Like, that's his home in there, too, right? Yeah. The engine had blown. Uh, caught fire to the truck. Home. Yeah. Yeah. Caught fire to the engine and the cab. And then also the it nearby. It melted the hood. It melted the hood. And it also caught fire to the nearby hillside. Mm -hmm. They had it pretty much contained by the time we passed it. Mm -hmm. But, oh, boy. But there were still firefighters putting out... Uh, yeah. Fires on the actual hill, too. I watched him spraying them down. Well, that guy we met in the mummy line, his uh -huh. name is Shane, I believe. It is, yes. And hey, he... shout out to Shane. What's up, Shane? He's over in uh, Meridian. 
He's in Meridian. He relocated from uh, California to the Boise area, and he loves mm-hmm. Halloween, and he loves – he was in the software industry, mm-hmm. and now he's getting into the hardware industry, so he makes a lot of these animatronics for Halloween. Yeah. Apparently, he does a bitch in Haunted House every year. Yeah, so, like to the point saying, where— Shane, if you hear this, maybe invite us over to see your Haunted House. Exactly. We're not total creeps. You met us in person. But <laughs> the funny thing he said was, I'm like, so, you know, what's the difference? I asked the obvious question. What's the difference between Boise and, you know, L.A.? And he said, oh, man, um, the weather. You know, I wasn't really ready for the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe, or is this upcoming winter his first winter? Oh, no, he'd been here. Anyway, okay. Yeah. And then he said— um, the traffic. I forgot about the traffic in L.A. And I was like, how could you forget about the traffic in L.A.? When, you know, a 30-minute drive in East Idaho, I'm sorry, a 30-mile drive in East Idaho from Idaho Falls to Rexburg is 30 minutes. Right. A 30-minute drive in L.A. from L.A. to Anaheim is two hours sometimes. Mm-hmm. How can you forget about that? Well, the absence <laughs> of a negative is different than the presence of a positive, you know? Well said. Yeah. All right, that's our show. I'm Mike Nelson. Remember, 50% of your problems can be solved by drinking more water. I'm Carly Morgan, and remember that you will ruin your vacation if you don't wear sunscreen the first day. Oh, and I forgot that California sometimes gets a little chilly at night, so bring a light jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're going to go see World of Color and you're in the splash zone. Yeah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I also just remembered that we forgot to mention Unique Vintage. Oh, yeah. So, um, like, it's in Burbank, just a few miles away from Universal. Here's a picture of Carly at her favorite dress store on the Internet, which has only one location in the world, and we went there. I know. I was so excited. And <laughs> uh, they're actually a pretty big business. We actually sell some at the retail store that I, da- I daylight at. Um, and just all over, you can kind of get some of their clothes in some shops, but they're select. So most of it you have to buy online. It was a great experience. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun. They didn't have a public bathroom, so we had to go into the they did not. steak and shake mm-hmm. or whatever it was. Yeah. But I did get shake some shack. I did get some very pretty dresses, and that's all that matters to me. You did. You should wear <laughs> one on the next pod. I should actually. All right. Yeah. See you later.